Welcome back, dear listeners, to another spooktacular episode of Small Constellation. And in this week, we'll be returning to the wonderful world of Cthulhu uh, in our uh, RPG scenario, Sanatorium. Uh, last week, we joined our intrepid investigators, Clayton Forrester, Lissa Tzatziki, Iris Fleming, and Atticus Freeman as they descended into madness and despair on a remote island off the coast of Massachusetts and Dr. Aldous Brewer's sanatorium. Uh, when, right when we left off, our investigators had just discovered uh, Dr. Brewer. Um, mm. And uh, in fact, they found him in not one place, but several, as the case would have it. <laughs> um, he reeled in. And, wow. uh, uh, but yeah. You so know, you... it's really fitting that my dog just flatulated next to me, because i that's how I imagine <laughs> the room would currently smell like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's all kinds of various uh, bodily functions and things all over the place, so... Uh, I might have to, you know, I might just have yeah. to have you make another sanity roll after uh, bringing that, oh, that particular topic up. That's, that's what happened to uh, our RN. She just pissed herself. Oh, At the very minimum. Oh, man. It's real amateur hour with this butchering. They, they got into the gut. Uh, Glad I'm not in the room where that's happening. <laughs> that's true. I guess you were you were kind of, you. where, where was Atticus, actually? I no, I, actually, I think I was in the room, but I uh, <laughs> I've seen my share of, of freaky things, so it didn't it didn't right. bother me too bad. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, but yeah, so you guys had already kind of you know you'd met uh, a few of the the, the guests um, already here, and uh, staff guests a little hard to tell at this point, but at any at any rate, you've met uh, Blanche Richmond, uh, the old woman who kind of let you in, and then you ran into uh, uh, sleeping. Uh, indeed, um, <laughs> uh, but you also ran into uh, Cecil Randolph, Miss Miss Cecil Randolph. Uh, she was the woman who was kind of ch- lounging in the library and. Uh, Reading Dante's Inferno and dealing with bats. The and bats. The, the bats will get us. Uh, and uh, there's also the guy that uh, Dr. Forrester conked out <laughs> with morphine uh, that first assaulted <laughs> Lissa. So uh, as far as we know, that guy is still snoozing down on the main floor. But that basically gets us uh, yeah, caught up to... Well, and of course, you've already said that this Dr. Brew is not the first body you found. There's also the, the body of the, uh, the other staff uh, woman that you, you found in the living room. The accident, as it were. Mm. So, yes, accidentally shoved uh, this pair of scissors into my eye. That's why you don't run with scissors, man. <laughs> there you go. PSA. I knew that knowledge would come into, wow. into play. All right. So guys are in dr brewer's office and you've just you know you've taken in this this horrifying scenario uh what are you gonna do with that information 
I'm pretty sure my brain exploded. Am I supposed to be doing anything more than that? <laughs> I, I mean, you're kind of in <laughs> shock. I was going to impose disadvantage, uh, maybe for a little while on some ability checks, but uh, so but I'll let that. Um, I mean, everyone else make attend. decisions. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess our options are to check to make sure our sleeping friend is still sedated. Uh, I thought you were going to talk I guess about there's always the... Check to see if he was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I can save him. <laughs> He's over there like actively it, pushing the rib cage like together, <laughs> like trying to apply compression. Call him Dr. Frankenstein. Oh, God. Damn it, Jim. Uh, I'm a doctor, not a miracle worker. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if we want to be as realistic as possible, we, we could always see what the uh, the captain is up to and get off the damn island. <laughs> that is true, but do we want to figure out what happened, or do we just want to... I, I say we Scooby-Doo this and go <laughs> I mean, I, I want to look for some, some clues, so at least if we Scooby-Doo, we're we can make a better informed Scooby-Doo. That's a good choice. Okay. All right. So we um, should investigate the office. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, like, how much, like, the the staff do we look? Um, oh, that's right. You guys were talking about potentially finding some clothes uh, or, like, yeah, uniforms, like, uh, right? Is there a closet somewhere with... Not there like, is. Is there a closet somewhere with patient clothes? Do they have kind of a? Um, well, like they're you... they're rich people, so they don't have a a set dress code, I guess. Well, you've noticed that the staff is wearing typical kind of like uh, hospital whites, um, or like basically they're wearing like scrubs and stuff. For the period, I don't know what the 1920s scrub equivalent would be, but yeah, kind of like the traditional medical clothing. So you've seen that on the that that appears to be kind of what Doctor Brewer was was wearing. Um, what of what him the you patients? can see, and the patients have been wearing uh, more informal clothing. Yeah, they've been wearing um, kind of their own personal clothing, from what you've observed. So does Dr. Brewer have a closet full of regular person clothes? Um, well, you do see off to the side of the office, um, basically, like, looking into the office, you see, like, all the furniture's kind of been shoved to the edges of the room, so the desk has been, like, shoved up against the, the far wall, and, like, the the lamp is, like, there's there's lamps kind of, like, haphazardly tilted and thrown against the walls, and they're kind of shedding light on this horrible scene, but then like kind of buried underneath papers and a tipped over chair and stuff. You do see uh, a door um, leading into another um, area inside the office. So uh, you uh, can see like, it's like there are windows on it um, and they are reinforced with like, you know, you see glass that has wires that run through it as kind of like reinforcement. Um, so it's kind of got like not barred necessarily, but like pretty sturdy reinforced glass. Um, but you can look through that and you see that there's 
um, like medical supplies. So you see shelves and like pill bottles and glass jars and things like that through the, the glass windows on that side. Well, I might be interested in that, but uh, you did say there was some kind of arcane symbol on carved into uh, Dr. Brewer. Uh, yeah, so he's got kind of like a, a bloody symbol kind of carved into his forehead. I'd probably ask uh, Atticus here if he has any idea on these uh, occult symbols since he is a parapsychologist. Interesting. Yeah, Atticus, um, if you'd like, you could go ahead and give me uh, an occult roll. Okay, this is um let's see i have it at 40 and i rolled a 60 oh no you failed okay um it's yeah from you've seen some crazy things in your day but from this but this particular mark doesn't really seem familiar it doesn't really look like anything that you've encountered before push the roll push the roll Uh, yeah. Can I persuade you to push the roll? <laughs> I was going to say, you can either, if, you, if you'd if you like, you could spend some luck, or if there's anything else that you, yeah, again, if you think that there's something you could do to maybe try and remember uh, or learn something about this mark. Do you have a field note journal? Uh, I think, yeah, I did jot down in my items that he has a notebook of some kind. To the book! <laughs> so are you you rifling through maybe an old journal or notebook that you kept from previous cases perhaps that would be something uh yeah i've i figured he would always have you know something on him to like quickly take notes just in case okay i'll say It'll take you a little while to look through that that notebook. We'll say that you've got. We'll say that you do have a notebook with you of maybe some previous cases that you'd investigated. Maybe you've got some old photos or something in there. Um, so it'll take a little while. But if you want to do that, you can go ahead and push the roll. All right, come on, lucky phone app thing, don't fail me. Ooh, <laughs> thirty nine. Nice. All right. <laughs> That's good, because I was trying to think of what I was going to have you do if that pushed roll failed, and it was not going to be good for that notebook, so... Uh, oh, no! Alright, so we'll say, um, okay, so you're looking through, and it, you know, it's it's probably going to take you about, you know, 10 to 30 minutes or so of just, like, you're really carefully studying this, you're kind of hung up on trying to identify this mark, but you do eventually come across... Um, some notes that you had taken from a previous, uh, at the time it turned out to be um, what you determined to be kind of a hoax, um, but you do have some scribbled notes that has some similar symbols that somebody had uh, written on a wall that you found. And the symbol you see, you notice, while not identical uh, to what you have in your notebook, it kind of looks like something that was associated in the previous case to the concept of transference so that's about that's all you can kind of take away from it it's a really rough translation but you're kind of like "Mm," like it's associated with like like movement or transference hey while he's rummaging through his notes 
Could I maybe, um, I mean, you know, I want to, I want to, I'm looking for all the fun things, right? <laughs> so I want to try to spot something hidden in the room, oh, God. but um, specifically, I want to know, like, I want to see if there, if I can find some sort of hidden meaning in the pattern in, in, in which his body is laid out. Like, you know, like, is there something else that I can find that might explain why they did this okay for a second um, i thought you were just like there's random pills over there i can take right <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i roll well enough maybe maybe there will Let's be yeah i was gonna say go go ahead and give me that spot hidden roll we'll see if we'll see if anything shows up 21 that's a regular success okay um so again looking at the room um, you notice that there are quite a few papers scattered across his desk. Um, looks like there could be something interesting there. Um, but you, again, you're kind of really trying to see if there's something in, about the way that his body is particularly arranged that gives you any indication of what's happened here or what's going on. So um, you really, like, Lissa just gets in there. I like to imagine she just kind of walks up completely unfazed, nonchalantly. It's just like, hmm, staring closely at all of his limbs scattered across the room. And um, all that you notice is that, yeah, basically he's been... Uh, effectively disemboweled chest cavity has also been kind of opened up uh, his head and all four limbs have been cut off basically from his torso um, so it's kind of just like his torso is in the middle of this rug and then the limbs are looks like they've been um, in in this case they've been basically staked down um, to the, the rug um uh, and then they were cut So off. what you're saying is he's got a chance. Uh, a chance to be a modern art exhibit? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> we just got to get some ice. Put it on ice. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, but you do notice, I mean, they've been, you are able to tell that, uh, well, actually, you know what? Uh, give me a medicine roll as well, even though I know that's not something no. you're really proficient in. But you can ask one of us to help you. Now we'll see. We'll see what Lissa sees first. Well, I see a twenty-eight, which all I have is a one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Literally, it's a one percent to pass, and I rolled a twenty-eight. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, basically, just looks like all these limbs have been been removed. Um, Unless you want me to spend twenty nine or twenty eight points or twenty seven <laughs> points of uh, luck, you might need that later. <laughs> we didn't use it last time. We didn't know about it last time. <laughs> so, um, I would offer some assistance. You know, I've seen the body enough that maybe I'm not as freaked out. Um, I might still have a disadvantage, but. Um, I do have really good biology skills. <laughs> so, uh, can I also review the body? I, I don't know what your, what Lissa was about to stumble on, but if there's something similar, or I'm kind of curious, have how clean the cuts are. Uh, maybe give us an idea of like what might have done this if we decide to investigate who done it later on. 
Um, okay, that's that's cool. Actually, I'm I'm not even gonna have you make a roll um, because that's what I was actually gonna have the roll check for was the cuts. Nice. Um, so you look down and you're specifically taking a look and you notice that um, it looks as though the limbs were removed cleanly. Like you don't see evidence that they were like torn off. Um, I mean, the bone saw that you see off beside the body is kind of a hint, but you can tell that it does look like that that's, that's what's been used here. Uh, bone and flesh have been cut through cleanly, which suggests that this was intentional and done by some somebody that had used the saw like you can kind of match it up and tell that this is what was used and i kind of forgot the saw was in there (laughs) (laughs) yeah good hygiene is a an important uh aspect in um when dealing with disembowelment gotta be clean as someone who's an undertaker maybe you have a bit of knowledge in that industry you don't detect the scent of any embalming chemicals. <laughs> Automatic success. I I kind of wonder if I could use my knowledge of psychology to see if there is a disorder or something that might cause someone to have done this like you know is there a different a specific type of disorder where if they were to arrange things they'd want it segregated and you know what i mean like sure to to Um, you know what i mean like right do do you know what i'm trying to say ocd serial killer right yeah like trying to see if like could could there be some sort of personality that if developed into some sort of murderer that they might do this kind of thing. And we could then have that on our radar that if we come in contact with someone who we think might be schizophrenic, then we can say as an example, Oh, Hey, maybe this person done it. Um, you are certainly welcome to make a psychology role. If you'd like, I'd say that would probably Excellent. fall under psychology, the realm of psychology. That's the only thing I'm good at. Besides my looks, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna spend two points of luck, okay. um, and say I passed. All right. Um, well, well, um, if I tie, if I tie my my score, will it like if yes. it, if I e- equal to or below? If I roll an eighty and it's an eighty, okay, then I want to spend one point of luck. Okay. <laughs> to bring me down to an 80. <laughs> to an 80. All right. So, cool. um, so uh, when it comes to abnormal psychology, Lissa knows her, knows her stuff. <laughs> um, she recognizes that there is something very purposeful in the actions that have been carried out here. Like she recognizes intent and like, it seems like somebody had a very, like, it doesn't just seem like a mad person who, you know, murdered a person as horribly as they could. Like you definitely get the, an indication from everything that you see here that again, there was, there was a very purposeful intent and goal behind what was being done. Um, beyond that, it doesn't really correspond to any, um, at least beyond just 
like uh, anything beyond maybe ritualistic murders that you have ever heard of and or encountered in your life like does it doesn't stand out as anything more than that to you there's no particular pattern that you pick up on i'm not very helpful (laughs) (laughs) well i mean if you've picked up that it was ritualistic and atticus figured out that the symbol is somewhat related to transference they're trying to kill him for a reason to either transfer him into something else or into, I don't know. There's a, a loose thread that's being formed. So Clayton, Atticus, any other uh, ideas? Uh, I don't want to waste too much time in this room, but just one last piece of curiosity on my end, since the word, I'm imagining that Atticus has told us about uh, the transference translation. Mm-hmm. The the rib cage does it look like something popped out of it? Um, no. It okay. it looks like basically from what you can tell it just seems as though the body has been opened up as much like it is like as cleanly as possible it's just kind of been opened up and um exposed you don't notice anything right. missing um no organs and it missing doesn't look as though it's like yeah it doesn't look like you don't see like the kind of trauma that you would associate with like an explosive eruptive anything like that nothing the ribs are, are all, intact like they're not well are all his organs from, intact i guess the fact that um from what like, you are they see, present yes it's kind of yes okay well i uh i think our options are to check on our unconscious friend or go have some serious words with our cooking friend. Um, I do have one question as we are leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, and remind me if maybe you said this already. I mean, can we tell if it all took place there? Like, if the if does is there enough blood around that it looks like the murder took place there, and that was you know severed and staked there. Um, because in theory, if someone was doing that, there would possibly be some sort of blood trail either, you know, like away from it. Now that we know Um, what's in there, could we kind of look around as we're leaving to see if, because there's no way someone did that and then didn't get dirty if, you know, so either they cleaned up in a different room and, you know, you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it definitely, I mean, the room is just absolutely saturated. Um, looking down, you do see, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll say that you, you can see some footprints, uh, on the rug and throughout the room. Um, you can see footprints, you can see kind of a, a spattering trail, that leads to the door and kind of out into the hallway a little bit. Um, it clearly looks like. How do we a not notice that? that 
Looking up, not down. We went up steps. Was the uh, was the room to that little medical closet the only um, other room attached to that office? Yeah, that's the only other room. Uh, again, you've just basically you've got uh, there's a filing cabinet in the corner. There's the desk shoved up against the wall. There's kind of lamps and furniture and other books kind of just strewn throughout the room. And then yeah, there's just that one other door on the uh, it would be like the south side of the room. A part of me Where's wants to explore back? the room some more. Um, so uh, I, also understand I guess if we I did leave. have a, a, another thought. Uh, can I look around the room? Is there any books that would look different than what you would expect, uh, like medical tomes or anything? Something? Yes. Uh, okay. Older, perhaps. So the first thing you'll notice. Um, uh, so ab- that I won't even have you roll for this. So first of all, yeah, you'll find there is a book. Um, sitting on Dr. Brewer's desk that it fits that description exactly. Like there's one book in particular that looks, um, it's a slim volume um, that has just kind of like a faded blue cover, does not look like a medical book or anything like that. Um, So you notice that. And then I'll go ahead and say like, while you're looking closely for those things, you'll kind of scan over some of the, the letters and the articles that he has on his desk. And you see a note uh, that looks like it was kind of hastily abandoned that says, uh, Dear Editor, in response to the letter from Drs. Hagen and Allen that appeared in your June issue, I must say that I have expected better from two so highly regarded in our profession. Disagreement I take no exception, exception to. My work is highly experimental, and any results, as I specified clearly in my article, are, at this time, purely speculative in nature. I make no claims, but only observations. Since the time that article was written, I have conducted further experiments and seem to uphold my earlier observations. However, I will not again go to print until I have proof positive, proof that will convince even the most fossilized of skeptics. I would not lower myself to, and then the note just trails off. Um, So you see that. Um, and you also, uh, see that there's a number of issues of the Journal of the American Psychological Society, including several copies of the issue containing Dr. Brewer's article. Um, the one that you, you actually were carrying a copy of earlier, uh, on the the boat when we first came in. Um, you also see, oh yeah, so that's, that's all that's sitting on top of the desk. Um, and then there's, yeah, like I said, there's that one blue book that, that stood out to you as not looking like a medical journal. You want to open that up and flip through? Yes, I would. Okay. Um, Enter music. This is how he dies. (laughs) So you pick up the book and you start kind of scanning through and at first, nothing seems too out of the ordinary. It looks like it's just a collection of poems. Um, and most of them are actually not half bad. It's kind of, you know, it's a clearly just somebody's been keeping a running journal of their various uh, written short stories and poems and things. Um, but as you, you keep going further and further, you start to notice some kind of strange uh, recurring themes and patterns in the, the poetry. Um, and before long, 
the script, you know, the way that it's, it's written gets more and more erratic, uh, almost as if another, um, another hand entirely has taken over at that point. And it begins, you, you start to notice that the, the poems are arranged in strange, like geometric patterns across the page, following no semblance of kind of typical composition or order and it becomes harder and harder to follow what's being read um so you can you want to keep going or keep trying to discern some meaning from from those poems i think i would uh respect the professional in this matter and ask uh, atticus his opinion on it turns to atticus are you seeing this shit <laughs> there any any particular way that you would like to analyze these poems Atticus or uh, looking through your your skills is there anything you'd like to apply as you kind of take a look at this journal um yeah I'm gonna do a psychology role because I feel like that might be helpful okay and let's see I've invested I've invested 60 into that skill and I rolled a 36 so that is a success okay. Nice. Um, so yeah, you're able to pick up. So taking a look at it just from a pure psychological standpoint, you see, you get the impression of, you know, it, it transitions very clearly from kind of just like typical moanings of like a starving artist, sort of like his melancholy poems and musings about the world to something that seems much darker and you you just the the most consistent theme and pattern that you pick up on is kind of this this one of obsession and um kind of like like welcoming in or calling like you just this repeated theme of something that is driving and calling the the artist writing these poems um, and, and again, it just, it's such a, a sharp contrast from the early writings to the later writings. And I mean, it's, it's even just beyond the way they're written, but just the, the text itself is just foreboding and kind of insane and hard to follow. Um, so go ahead and, uh, yeah, we'll say, uh, while you're reading that, and the further you get into it and look more closely at it, um, we'll say you basically, by the time you get to the end of it, you could swear as you read this, the page almost begins to kind of swim before your eyes, like the room goes dark, and you just the lettering almost comes alive of its own accord, and you see the words and letters traveling across the page. And, um, and you just, you feel this pull, like you start to kind of, you almost understand this drive and this desire that was imparted from the, the individual who wrote down these words and, uh, go ahead and, um, roll a, a, a D, a D six for me. Let me know what you get. I got a one. Okay. Um, so take one point of sanity damage 
and we will and we'll actually add three points to your Cthulhu Mythos score. So normally that's not something that an investigator even starts with, um, but uh, this is a rare case where you'll actually improve. So you just you feel kind of I mean again like you've witnessed this craziness and like you kind of you snap the book shut. And you can't help but shake the feeling that you've been irre- irrevocably changed by this event. Mm, boy. You have a, a greater understanding of perhaps all of these events that you've encountered before were not so so fantastical and fictitious. Am I Iron Man? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say so. So you 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 shut the book and you realize that you must have been reading this thing for probably like ten or fifteen minutes, and everybody else is just kind of staring at you at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not crazy, I promise. While he's reading that, can I go investigate the medical closet? Uh, yes, you can. Um, it is. I mean, the door. Basically, you go over and the the door's locked. Um. And the window's barred, so I can't really break through the glass. Does it look like it's pretty firmly locked? Or ooh, maybe there's a key in the desk. Okay. Um, so yeah, the desk is shoved up against the wall. Um, you want to go ahead um, and pull that out? Yeah. Take a look inside this. I'm okay. not sure how or why I did this. No, actually, I know why I did this. I, I, I have locksmithing. Uh... Ooh. Can I okay. Do you have tools on you? Uh, let's see. Yeah, you, no. I mean, but can I? Can I? Can I assist you? Uh, if you, I'm, want... I'm a girl. I always have a bobby pin or two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, you have a couple options. You I'm can either. This. Well, we'll say you do have a bobby pin this. on you. <laughs> uh, you can attempt at disadvantage to lock pick the lock with a bobby pin. Um, or you could go back and check through your luggage on the boat and maybe you'll get lucky and you could find some locksmithing tools, but, um, we'll, we'll say in the meantime, you can be looking through the desk first while she's attempting that. Do you want to, you want to make the quick bobby pin check and we'll just see what happens with that. (laughs) Maybe you'll get extremely lucky. I'm starting to think she's not really... An undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me how disadvantage works on in, in Cthulhu. Uh, you'll just roll the ten. You'll roll the tens die uh, twice okay. and take the higher value, meaning the worse roll. Well, it's not gonna matter because um, I can't do any worse than ten or any. Um, so that's 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 a. Um, uh, a double success, an extreme success. Okay, so we'll say, uh, we'll say, mora- like, you know, it's like, well, so we'll say, uh, Iris is over there, like pushing the desk out, <laughs> trying to get in there. It's like maybe, maybe we can find a key for this. And Lissa's like, no need, like, <laughs> and just like puts open. her bobby pin back up, and you've got the lock, like Jimmy open. <laughs> can I? Can- can so, I can I wink at her as I as I open it, like you know? Absolutely, Excellent. you I, can. I miss her wink. <laughs> um, 
Okay, let's um, go in the closet. Interestingly <laughs> enough, as you open, as you open the, I thought the we were dr- coming out of like it. you get the you do get the <laughs> you do get the drawers open uh, on the desk. Like as she's popping this open and saying no need, you get the the desk drawer open and you find a set of keys and some notes. <laughs> so um, I'm taking that. the keys. <laughs> Even though I don't need it for the door, I'm going to take it because uh, it's like a roll of them or like a ring uh, of keys. I mean, even if they don't go to anything, I at least can put them between my knuckles and I have some sort of weapon. Just Yeah, you do find a set of keys. and um, I'm taking them. In the other drawers, uh, yeah, you find a set of keys and uh, you actually find a loaded uh, thirty-eight revolver uh, taking and a that box too. of 50 bullets. Taking that too. <laughs> okay. All right. So you've got a, a gun and bullets and a set of keys for the sanatorium. What do I get out of here? And you also find. You get first pick of what's in the closet. Uh... There's lots of pills. <laughs> okay. You also you also find a a tiny uh, leather bound journal. Um and so yeah, there was actually a decent amount in those drawers. I tossed the journal to um, Atticus. Here you go. Get some more mythos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, I guess I want to go. Uh, so you want to take a look at? Yeah, I want to play dress up. Yeah. And, okay. You do. You do inside the closet. You do find some spare uniforms. And uh, yeah, I don't both know if I'd yeah, want to wear just some a uniform if we found two employees already dead. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe we don't want to. Do Are there that. regular people clothes? Well, um, not that you see in the. Could I check the pockets? Do the do the uniforms have pockets? Uh, yeah. Um, so you take a look through the uniforms, and you don't find anything in the pockets. And is Narnia in the back behind it? Behind all the clothes? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not this time. Is there any medicine? Um, yeah, in there? basically, you see, there's. Yes, there's shelves upon shelves of various drugs, hypodermic needles, basically everything that you would need to take care of patients in the sanitary. Well, Clayton, do we, should we uh, fill up our medical bags? Uh, I Probably. Let's just say we put whatever we might need later in there. So then when we come up on a situation, <laughs> and Tyler's like, oh, you need this. We got it from the closet. <laughs> it's in our bag. Okay. Uh, g- give me, give me your choice of either psychology or medical roles. Um, Anybody who's I have taking pharma- supplies. I have a pharmacology. I could do psychology. Also, I have medicine. Yeah, uh, get, if you have, if you have pharmacology, uh, make the role with advantage. I do not have pharmacology. Um, it's a regular oh, success uh, for me. Med- medicine. Is there a pharmacology yeah. one? Okay. Yeah. Or uh, as part of being a doctor, you Write get science skills uh-huh. and specifically in biology and pharmacy. Mine's biology and chemistry. Um, so I don't have that, but I, you said I can do medicine. Oh, okay. If, uh, yeah. And actually if you've got chemistry, I would allow you to make that role with advantage as well for the chemistry role. I got the best success you can get. Can I do medicine instead of my <laughs> chemistry? 
Uh, or do you prefer if, chemistry? If you've already rolled, I have not. If you've already rolled, no. If you haven't rolled, just yeah, pick whichever one you would like to use. Medicine. Um, but I will say, yeah, I give you an advantage on <laughs> chemistry. Yeah, medicine, no advantage, just a roll. That's so fine. we've got two successes. Yeah, um, and, and one is an experience. I, I rolled a three. Oh, and I tied for <laughs> okay, a, so Dr. Forrest, a super success. <laughs> okay, um, so you guys, like, wasting no time whatsoever, you walk in and you immediately start recognizing um, all of the most important drugs um, that you could use to treat patients in an asylum. Um, and you're just like, I mean, it's like, you know, just picking off the shelves one by one exactly what you might need. So you recognize pretty much everything that's in here um, and you clean it out shove stuff into your doctor bag it's like a kid in a candy store <laughs> can i have sloppy seconds yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean like we'll say i mean heck we could even say do you want to attempt to you know stealthily maybe grab the good stuff for yourself while you're, uh, since you uh succeeded let me slide a hand something fun oh god i uh yeah, offer him some say, a slide a hand roll <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I didn't do that great. Um, I, I, I real sneakily grab it out of his hand and no one's, even, even, uh, Atticus over there is, looks up from his book to see me, uh, (laughs) yeah, you're you're like dropping, like bottles are smashing as they fall. (laughs) I should say the last thing you notice is you're kind of clearing out of the the room there, uh, out of the, the basically the room containing all the drugs and out of his office. You do notice a safe in the corner of the room. Well, now you tell us. You just want us to spend the whole episode in this room, don't you? <laughs> is it open or is it closed? Uh, you try it and it is locked. The keys. Uh, oh, I have the keys. It's safe, <laughs> is it? Well, it's, is it it's, a, it's a safe, so it doesn't. It doesn't. It's a combination safe. It doesn't have a, a lock per se, or like a my safe has a key slot. Lame. Well, unless okay. we found something in the notes, I we can try. Can like I try looking my- through the notes, but yeah. How bad is their security? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody shut up. Let me try my locksmithing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, go for it. Um Yeah, okay. So, uh it it's just still really loud in the room. Um and I'm asking everybody to close their thoughts. Um and I'd like to push this rule. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? I like that. That's in character. She's like, stop thinking so hard, and then just keeps trying to, like, crack the same. Believe it or not, I passed. That's a regular success. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, so you guys are all, you know, you're getting ready to leave the room, and you've, like, you've kind of spun the dial and, like, tried to crack the safe, and then you just, you hear this click. And then just the ratcheting sound of gears turning. It's like you look over and Lissa's got the safe open. Her eyes are twitching. (laughs) Um, uh, So you see uh, some legal 
uh, legal papers, uh, some contracts, looks like uh, some investment bonds, and uh, a copy of a manuscript, which I'll just have you read here. Uh, you so can't, can't even this. read? Maybe I should do an education um, role for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, actually, let's see. Uh, so it's actually, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a full size book, but you, there's like a sticky note attached to it that just, you can see hastily scribbled in there. Uh, some notes from Dr. Brewer that refer to this as the Castro manuscript. Um, and just kind of glancing through quickly, it looks like it discusses, um, I mean, a lot of things like it's it's like this is an old kind of leather bound tome and like the pages and a lot of places are like crumbling and the ink is running and uh, it looks like very, very old and very valuable. I don't like reading. Reading is not fun. Mm. Sounds like a... uh, and there is a there's another note with a, a there's another page within the manuscript with a sticky note on it um if you would like to just read that one sure um okay a marked page in the castro manuscript so uh and it was said when those who wait came unto the land of pharaoh they laid waste to the country and were not stopped until faced and destroyed by the priestess in Ephesus of the temple of Bast. They moved by night, fearing Ra, and shunned also the rushing water. And the stones were made by her and they, carried by the priest, drove the... And, oh, and the stones were made by her and they, and carried by the priest, and they drove the creatures into the Nile, which took them to the sea, and they were destroyed. And Ephesus died of her injuries, and, so it is said, died the secret of the stones she was buried in a tomb in a place which has yet to be discovered so that's that's the page that you see that dr brewer has has marked okay now we can leave (laughs) (laughs) while um so yeah you've got basically the rest of this top floor that you can explore um but yeah the rest pretty much the the island and the sanatorium are open to you wherever else you'd like to I don't even know where to go next. So we've got an old lady who's senile and doesn't know how to cook. We've got the crazy patients who are either under morphine or drinking alcohol while thinking about bats. Um, Do we just want to like wander or do you guys have a preference? There's a chance that the old lady knows a bit more than she's letting on, but I don't know how you would get her to talk. I have, I have a gun good now. Pers- I have good persuasion. We can bring um, one of Brewer's body parts with us. <laughs> that might be. And suspicious. I should mention, by this time, it's it, it's getting pretty late into the night. Uh, so you know the sun is well down by this point, and you know you you basically spent. We'll say this has all been occurring essentially in real time as we've been discussing this. So we'll say you've been here about at least two or three hours or more um, and you arrived in the evening. So it's by now it's at least like 10 or 11 at night probably. Well, I'd say for content we should follow the bloody footprints. But 
I would be scared witless and go away from the bloody footprints. Let's follow the footprints. Follow the red Floyd road. Um, (laughs) So you can see that, I I mean, pretty quickly, it looks like most of it's kind of slicked off onto the rug in the hallway um, outside of his office and kind of it, it, you can follow it basically to the stairs leading back down into the foyer, but beyond that, uh, you don't really see anything. Okay, what about handprints on the... It kind of looks like it's... What about handprints on the um, the railings or anything? The wall. Yeah, or the wall. Uh, yeah, now that you really know what to look for, you do see one kind of bloody handprint on the, the railing... Uh, of the stairs going down towards again, kind of the, the front door area of the mansion. Hmm. So I'm still thinking it's vampires at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely something culty. Well, okay, Clayton, okay, okay, would, Chai. Clayton, if you would like to. Uh interview or lead the charge on the uh, old lady interview I'd be down for that Well, I don't know how we would really get her to talk that wouldn't be really my area of expertise anyway I'm good with psychology and persuasion well if you would like to try to get more information out of a Blanche there we can go back and we might want to like knock her over the head with a frying pan and take the knives anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I say we go back down the steps. We're we're following the bloody footprints and trying to keep a steady eye on any to- any possible other blood on walls or anything, just even sm- you know smudges, light switches or anything. Okay. But I think we should go back to trying to find um, Agnes or whatever whatever her name was. Blanche. <laughs> oh yeah, Blanche. Um, so you you head back you head back downstairs and um, you you check the kitchen real quick, but she isn't there. Um, so about your only options now are you know that so like upstairs where Doctor Brewer's office was, there was basically the, a big hallway that kind of led to uh, I mean basically some other rooms up in that area, and then there's the big main doors beneath the stairwell uh, that splits off, like basically you've got the main hall that you can enter. Um, and you see a sign above that that says patient wing. Well, we don't even have a room yet. So I'm getting, Oh, we're so I'm guessing you guys probably want to go ahead and <laughs> head into the patient ring, uh, patient wing for now. Um, if you were, that's like, basically you feel like you've kind of seen, most yeah, of the mansion. Be... So again, picture it being like T-shaped. You've seen both of the wings on the sides of the T, mm-hmm. and then the upper floor. You've seen the what would be like the base of the T, um, but you haven't explored all the rooms up there. Basically, you just went in the first room on the left, which was Brewer's office, and you found the drugs. So it's like basically you got the the base of the T upstairs that you can explore, and the base of the T downstairs that you can explore, which is the patient wing. Kind of feel like the patient uh, wing would be the way forward. 
That's fine with me. Let's, let's go. Okay. So you head into the patient wing, and uh, basically the first thing you notice as you walk into the area again, it's, uh, everything is, is clean and nice, uh, except immediately upon entering, you see the reception desk. Um, there's a wooden desk and chairs used by patients and staff alike. And unfortunately, in that chair, it's currently occupied by a body. Um, you see a male, uh, appears to be a male nurse. He's wearing a, uh, one of the uniforms. Uh, and right away, you notice that his body is kind of slumped into the chair. And his, his head, you realize upon closer inspection, is kind of twisted, not like fully around. But uh, like no medical role is required to determine that this dude's got a broken neck. Um, it is just... You know, his neck's just, his head's just kind of hanging off to the side at a very awkward angle, and his neck is definitely broken. All right, I'm definitely thinking so of vampires now. sanity roll. <laughs> we have to do sanity roll? <laughs> oh, God. Yep. Uh, we want to go above our roll this time? Uh... Above your the you, you metric. Wanna, no, you, you for the for the sanity rolls you want low. You still want low rolls. That's a hard for success for moi. Low your sanity. Okay. Then I'm good. What are we rolling for sanity? Uh, roll a d100, um, and roll, and again you want to get below whatever your sanity value is. I'm good. <laughs> I've seen enough. I've, I am also. I've steeled myself. And, uh, I Dr. Forrester, how do you respond? Okay. Luckily, so you guys will actually, you guys will actually, you won't take any sanity damage from this. You guys, you, I mean, what it's you've encountered tonight, let's just be honest, is way more traumatic than a broken neck. So <laughs> uh, I yeah. see these all so the you, time. You take this in stride. Um. So you walk basically. So you walk along the hallway and. Um, as you kind of move on from the dead body sitting over in the chair here. And it's basically just a series of rooms leading off the central corridor. Uh, you kind of glance through the windows as you pass by, and you can tell that each of these rooms has been set up uh, to house patients. Like they've got kind of the similar reinforcement on any glass on the windows, but otherwise, you know, they look, they definitely don't look like jail cells um, but they also definitely look like they're, you know, rooms for patients. Um, and uh, you can kind of, occasionally, you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll hear the sound of snoring coming from a room here and there. Uh, you see that there are four uh, rooms. Sorry, five rooms. And like, That's all. just I try as quietly as possible. The first door is it locked? Uh, it is not locked. Um, so you open the first door, and inside you see none other than uh, Blanche, uh, relaxing in a recliner. She's just kind of take taking a little nap. So I think we walk in and surround her. Um, can I poke <laughs> her in the face? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so she kind of like jolts awake <laughs> as you like with a start and sees like Lissa kind of poking her in the face <laughs> and uh, sees all these people around her and immediately. Um, you can tell that this has made her very like agitated and uncomfortable. Um, she's she's pretty upset by these strange like oh god oh <laughs> strangers like she kind of uh, <laughs> freaks out a little bit. I want to keep poking her. Uh, are you having a rough night? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what was that, Nick? I just like tell her. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you having a rough night? <laughs> Uh, good heavens! Oh, 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 wait! And she like after a minute, like you know, she kind of acclimates to her dim surroundings and takes note of who everybody is. And, and you see a glimmer of recognition as she picks up on that you are the people who came in before. And she's like, "Oh, did you dearies change your mind about dinner?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, yeah. Do you want to have Dice Doctor? He's upstairs, ready to ready to cook. Wow. We just spill our secret. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you say this, <laughs> but it doesn't really seem like it gets through to her. Like, she doesn't really seem to comprehend what it is that you're saying. Fantastic. Could I... I thought you were going to Could me. I psychology... Uh, my way into kind of trying to understand what it is like why she doesn't understand like does she have some sort of you know is she actually yeah, a patient yeah um like is she sure. just old and senile or is there yeah, something go else ahead and... okay yeah go ahead and give me give, give me a psychology uh or actually do you have psychoanalysis by I any don't. chance if not, you can use okay, your psychology. Okay, well, that's okay. a... You, you can use your psychology. That's an extreme... Wait, shit. I think I just rolled my die. Um, you want low. I think I had an 8, but now it's a 28. Either way, it's at least a hard success. It's either an extreme or a hard okay. success. Somewhere in there. So the rest of you kind of back off as Lissa sweeps in and just, you know, lays the charm on thick and really starts to try and get into a conversation with Blanche. And um, you can tell as the woman becomes more and more relaxed, she kind of starts to open up a bit more and like you, you see clarity before where before there was only kind of like confusion and um, you know, it takes a little while, but you're eventually able to get out of it. Like she kind of finally starts to come to grip, come to grips with the idea that the hospital staff is dead instead of just sleeping. Um, but it does become clear, you know, you, you have experience in psychology and dealing with troubled patients and you do come to understand that she was, in fact, brought to this place and um, uh, put here by her family. So her family did. She's got hmm. a you learn that she has a trust fund that's taking care of her. But she is a patient here. OK. Can I ask her about the other patients? 
has she interacted with um, any of them besides sure. the three that we've the two that we've seen? Uh, yeah, so she kind of she gives you a rundown. She says, "Well, there's that that Mister Barber who, who's he comes from some kind of a rich family. I never cared for the man myself. Very rude and kept to himself mostly. Then there's there's Colonel Old Colonel Billings. He doesn't he doesn't really uh, talk much at all. Unfortunately, he's he's very very old, older than I am. I'm I don't know why I'm talking this way. I'm not that old, but <laughs> uh, but uh, he's um, poor old man was never the same after the war. Um, I believe you've met Cecil. She's she's a hussy. And uh, she just kind of goes on like this for some time. And eventually uh, she reveals, she also gives you information about the, the man who, who attacked you, uh, Mr. Hawkins. You find out his name. He's the patient who's, uh, you've noticed, starting to stir and kind of come around a little bit in the main hall. Um, but she just mentions that he, you know, he had a head injury and came here. Um, basically he was here when she arrived. Um, so he's been here for a little while, but just says that oftentimes, you know, he'll be, he'll be, uh, kind of preaching and proselytizing about the end times and won't ever shut up about that. And so she doesn't really like that, but, um, and she also mentions that, uh, although she never really sees them very often, there are some patients in the, uh, high security ward in the basement as well it sounds to me like one of them she mentions escaped. kind of a, a quiet quiet woman she, she you hear mention of a quiet woman who she's never really interacted with and then um uh, and then she's like and then there was there was the poet um and... so the non-violent ones are the ones in high security <laughs> um well, that is a bit of a mystery, potentially. Yeah, she mentions that they haven't been. Um, she does. She does reveal that that the 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 poet. She had talked to him a few times in the past, but recently he seemed um, much more agitated than usual. And that's all you can you can really kind of glean from your conversation um, with her. I do want to ask specific the specific question of. Does any has anyone has she noticed anyone that seemed to either sort of under their breath or or maybe there were some actual like altercations with the staff? Was anybody just particularly hateful toward the staff? Um, that Mr. Hawkins was always getting into trouble, especially with the women. He would he would attack them. I think he thought they were his wife who trapped him here to begin with. Or Has sent him here. Has he rather. ever been to the basement? Uh, yeah, you, you, you learn that his, his, what his cell is in the basement as well. Mm. And then, so and then he's not actually learn about, floor. you know, how to get to the basement from where we are and whether or not, Yes. Like, can we learn more about the um, She basically just points. Um, 
yeah, she you ask her where the basement is, and she just points to a stairwell that's kind of if you go out and back into the foyer, there's a stairwell. Basically, remember when uh, Jared came out of the bathroom in our first session? Like there is like the the library, the living room, that bathroom that went across just opposite the bathroom. That's the door down to the, the basement. Um, so, and it's kind of like under the stairs in the foyer. Who's this um, so Jared fellow? And why haven't I met him yet? <laughs> <laughs> and I, Jared as Iris. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't have uh, a hole in the back of her head like uh, Mr. Hawkins did, does she? Mm, go ahead and give me a, a medical role or medicine role. Uh, that is a hard success. Okay. Um, she seems a little bit concerned at first when you walk over and kind of begin, you know, really scrutinizing her closely. Um, but uh, you get a, you do end up getting a pretty good look at her. She doesn't protest too much. And from what you can see, she seems physically healthy as a horse. So you don't see any indication of wounds or harm. Do we think that I guess I'm I'm confused as to how old she actually is supposed to be? <laughs> no, she's she's honestly she's probably only like seventy okay. something. So when you say healthy as a horse, like could she have done any of these things that we've seen so far? She's healthy as a retired racehorse. <laughs> okay. So what you're saying is she's good physically. Physically, you would be surprised if she had been, you know, just like looking at her. She doesn't really, she seems like she would have a hard time overpowering Dr. Brewer. Okay. Um, if you had to guess or like the, or the guard at the, the front, like you think back to how big the guy at the front desk was and you have a, like, she's healthy. Yeah. But she's just kind of like this smaller older lady that is healthy and you know she could she could she could probably stab somebody you know but it's not but she would probably not win just an outright physical confrontation with honestly anyone of the bodies that you've seen tonight so i have two more questions um one for whatever lady's name, Brent Blanche, um, which is, does she know anything about the, um, the sailor dude that brought us over when and where should we find him? Um, yeah, so she, you can see her face kind of like light up as you talk about Ebenezer. It seems like, you know, she really, she genuinely thinks that he's a nice guy and, um likes seems to like him and you know she seems a little bit oblivious to exactly kind of what you're trying to get at but eventually you do understand like she understands like uh, she says that like yeah usually you know he would have he would have when dropping somebody off he'd be back by now typically he just goes and docks the boat and then uh comes up with the luggage um and so she kind of starts to wonder, like, oh, he come come with you guys eventually? And it's kind of, uh, like, seems like she's looking forward to talking to him again, maybe hearing some of his stories. 
Okay. That's about all you get out of her. And then my last question for the keeper is does do my psychology prowesses pick up on the fact that we could be getting something else out of her that we're not like, is she hiding something? Is she lying? Is she, do you know what I mean? Do I pick up on any signs that. Um, yeah, we'll say. I thought I was gonna have to roll for that. Yeah, you will have to. You will have to make a. Okay, so I won't have you with the successful psychology roll. You're able to determine that anytime you bring up subjects of her family and her past, she seems to kind of immediately shut down and deflect. Um, and you do pick up on that. It's pretty obvious and noticeable. Like she's very forthcoming okay. with information about the facility and everyone here. Um, and she, you know, she'll talk about her family a little bit and like how she kind of like, she's a little angry with her kids for having like center here and they never come and visit and things like that. But if you start to pry any more about kind of her past, she does seem to shut down a bit is how you would describe it. Okay. Beyond that, you can't really pick up. So as credible as her credibility goes, she seems resourceful. Yeah. You don't get the intent. Like you don't get the impression from what she's saying that she's, you know, trying to deceive okay. you about anything that she's told you. Perfect. About the facilities. All right. I'm done manhandling this old woman. <laughs> <laughs> so presumably the blue notebook is belongs to the poet in the basement. Mr. Hawkins spent time in the basement and we don't really know anything about the quiet lady in the basement to the basement. <laughs> uh, next time on Small Consolation <laughs> <laughs> What's in the basement? <laughs> um, I believe there's a Goosebumps book that specifically warned about basements mm, That sounds like a touchy subject Well, well it, it makes sense <laughs> But does Aaron Yeager have the key? <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense that last time we, we climbed forever high into the sky, and this time we're gonna descend into the fiery depths of hell. <laughs> well, if we're going down, make sure to yell timber or else catch a <laughs> Maybe that's the quiet girl in the basement. <laughs> Dang it, you've discovered all my secrets. <laughs>